Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Begin Again. My name is Darren Jackson, and as you may be able to tell, I've got a little bit of a head cold, which is also why we missed last week's episode. I record these uh, in real time. I don't have, you know, a whole bunch of them in the can waiting to go because I want to record this based on what's happening in the world at the day I record it. So, um, so I I feel I sound like this now, but it was way worse a week ago. <laughs> it was way worse. So I apologize for missing a week. Um, but I promise you, you did not want to hear what my voice sounded like a week ago for any length of time. It did not sound like Phoebe's sexy cold voice from Friends. It was just, it was hard to hear. Um, I have gotten... Two COVID tests, uh, five days into my symptoms, I got two COVID tests and they both came back negative. So I feel good about that. It was strange to get a call from a medical professional saying, congratulations, you have a severe cold. <laughs> but that's the time that we live in. And that's what I'm working with. But we're back this week and I'm glad y'all are here uh, again to listen. And a lot has happened in the last two weeks since we were last here together. The results of the U.S. presidential election have come in, and we know now that we will have a President Joe Biden and a Vice President Kamala Harris in January of 2021. As it stands this week, the Trump administration is still fruitlessly trying to obstruct the results of the election, trying to obstruct the transition, the peaceful transition to a Biden administration. And none of that is surprising, although it is severely upsetting. Um... I think I think uh, the next few weeks and months are going to be uh, I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for myself. Um, I felt watching Biden and um, Harris give their acceptance speeches once we knew for sure that the vote was going to be in their favor. I felt for the first time in a long time hope. <laughs> I felt excitement about the federal government, which was strange. Uh, after after four years of daily chaos, after four years of of someone who who lived for ratings and um, who was invested only in his own personal gain and power and who exploited our worst fears and impulses in order to enrich himself. After four years of that, to hear someone excited and humble and and someone use the word we more than I, to hear someone acknowledge what an incredibly difficult time and space that we are in, but also extend a hand to the people on the other side and and offer a way forward together in spite of what we have endured the last four years, uh, to see a woman stand on that stage and give that acceptance speech, to be in a room with two little girls who were watching her give that speech. Um, the three-year-old that I was with was so excited to say, we have a new president, and he said kind things, and we clapped for him. None of that happened for us for the last four years. And I will say that there was a very real, very substantial sigh of relief 
for people in my circle who are families of immigrants, who are people of color, who are gay, who are um, outside of the white nationalist um, fan base, I guess, violent fan base of this president. Um, there was a, a significant sigh of relief among those people that I know. And that is a significant portion of my of my world are people are people who were exhaling when we found out that there would be a Biden administration in January and not more of the same. Um, I, I have spent most of the years of my life, of my adult life, with the people who were most directly threatened by the last administration. And, and I, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand. And I, and I want to, and I will make an effort to, um, how someone would see the last four years and vote for more of it. I really don't understand. And that brings me to what I have been thinking about a lot the last week, which is um, how do we find our way back to ourselves? And how do we find our way back to each other? We have endured gaslighting and chaos and, and abuse from the highest levels of government. And we have seen half of our countrymen fall lockstep in line with the people who were causing that to happen. And it is going to be very difficult for us to find our way back to one another. It is going to be very difficult for those of us who felt directly threatened by the last four years to find our way to those who voted for more of it. It's going to be very difficult. And I I am putting, I also want to put myself in the position of the folks for whom last week did not go their way or the way they hoped. And, and I want to understand, I want to understand here, here is my, my struggle is I have not heard my, my, my training, my academic training, my reading, my, my self-work is um, that if, if you are going to make a claim, if I am going to make a claim, then I need to have evidence that is belt that is uh, based in 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 data that is based in lived experience that can be pointed to and said X is true because of one two three or Y is true or I believe Z or whatever it is because of these data points that support what I am claiming or because of this lived experience that supports what I am claiming and. And maybe that is a shortcoming of mine, that that my expectation is that if a claim is going to be made, I expect it to be supported. <laughs> maybe maybe I need to be a little bit uh, less rigid about that. But I have not heard, I have not heard a claim with substantive fact-based or lived experience, firsthand-based support that would that would make me understand why someone would want to reinstall the outgoing president. I haven't heard it. Um, and it's not because I'm not listening. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, I would love to hear it. If that, if that exists, I would, I would, I want to hear it because I want to understand because I want, I, I hope and I believe that we can find our way back to one another 
I just don't know how we're going to do it, y'all. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how I look my friends in the face who, before the election, asked me what attorney I would recommend so that they could make sure that if if the administration was reinstalled, the Trump administration was reinstalled, that they could not come for their families and their retirement accounts and their medical power of attorney, power of attorney, and their and their um their children, their adoptions, all of these things that are legally binding but were threatened by a second Trump administration and by the Republican governors, state legislators who felt galvanized by that man. I don't know how I look them in the eye and say. This is my this is my Republican friend who voted against your very well-being. <laughs> I don't know how I look my Republican friends in the eye who voted for him. I don't know how I look at them and say I understand your concern because I have not heard those concerns stated clearly in such a way that um that they're supported by anything other than inflammatory talking points from conservative pundits on Fox News, and that's not enough. So folks, we we have a real job here. We have a real task in front of ourselves. Like I said, I can only speak for myself here, but I, I think based on conversations that I've had in the in the last week, there's a wide range of of reactions to this, <laughs> which is maybe the most obvious statement ever, but there's a lot of hurt. And there's a lot of pain that is real, that is based in lived experience, that is based in policy decisions made from the top that affected the lives of the people that I know and love. And and it's going to be really difficult to find our way back to the people who voted against our well-being, who voted against their well-being, who voted against their own well-being. So I don't know. I don't have any answers for us there. But if if you do, I would love to hear them. <laughs> if you if you have if you have if you are a person who voted for Donald Trump and would say this is why, and here is the evidence to support my claim, or here is my lived experience, and here is how here's specifically why I voted for him. I w- I would like to understand because I do not. Um for the time being black activists and queer activists and organizers and writers and teachers and citizens and gay folks and queer folks and trans folks are breathing a sigh of relief because they no longer feel directly personally threatened by their government and by their elected officials. And I am in that corner. I am firmly in the corner of the people who have been oppressed by the last four years of our government. I am in their corner as an ally, and I am in their corner as a member, as a sexual assault survivor, as a queer woman, as as someone who has aligned myself with people of color, who follow the lead of Black and Latinx and queer activists, I I am for these people and I am in this corner. And um, I feel such relief and hope 
for the next few years and also a very healthy dose of reality because we have a lot of recovering to do. And if you are not already seeing a therapist or a counselor or a spiritual director, now would be a great time to start. Um, we have endured, we have endured a great trauma. And even if you were not personally affected or personally attacked or personally victimized or personally targeted by these last four years, the, uh, the collective felt sense of chaos and the constant, uh, state of just um, what am I trying to say? An amygdala response, that constant cortisol bath that we've been in, anticipating the chaos, anticipating what he's going to tweet today. Um, and then, and then being lied to constantly about the very things that the man said and did. We have a lot of recovering to do <laughs> collectively. And so I can't recommend highly enough that if you do not already have some sort of counselor or spiritual director or therapist in your life that that you that you look into that there are even options online now i we're not sponsored by BetterHelp, but um i've heard good things and uh, there are lots of ways to access mental health counseling online at an affordable um at an affordable rate these days i want to say that i i am hopeful about where we go from here I am excited about where we go from here. I drove into Washington, D.C. yesterday. Um, I've been in Nashville for um, a few days, kind of accidentally, long story that doesn't matter. But um, I am back in Washington, D.C. I'm based here and in Nashville, and I kind of go back and forth as it is safe to do so. Um, And I tell you, driving into the city last night and seeing the Capitol and feeling the energy today, I went for a run on the National Mall and to feel the energy in this city, I feel motivated. I feel I feel like a fire in my belly to improve this place. And I feel for the first time in a long time, like we won't be obstructed at every turn in our efforts to make this place better for all of us. And I don't really know what my work here looks like. I know that I know that I have been pondering this question for the last few days, and I would like to offer it to you. Um, because there have been, there has been so much fear these last few years, um, collectively and nationally and maybe personally, whether, whether that's related to our, our country and the, the, the way that we interact with our government, or if that's just your own personal life, there has been an environment of fear. And I have been pondering the question, who does your fear benefit? Who is, because someone is actively benefiting from your fear. So if we really zoom in and take it on a a micro level, an individual level, um, and I can feel my voice starting to go, I'm sorry, I hope it doesn't sound just grating to you. But um, if we zoom in on an individual level, let's, let's think of a person who, okay, let's not get that vague even. I'll give you myself. (laughs) I'll give you, I'll use myself. I am afraid that I will run out. That is based in nothing. (laughs) I have never run out. Um, And I can't even really finish that sentence for you. Uh, This is something I'm working through in my own therapy is what, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of running out of? Money, security, um, evidence that I belong. (laughs) I am, I am afraid of running out. Now I have never 
lived on the street. I have never experienced homelessness. I have never uh, missed a meal. I have never, I have never experienced, I'm incredibly fortunate to have never experienced the kinds of poverty that so many people in this country experience. And yet I have this deep, persistent fear that there will not be enough. Who benefits from that fear? Well, I can tell you that in a capitalist society where we spend a good chunk of our lives on a screen, there are a lot of advertisers who benefit from my fear. There are a lot of retailers who benefit from my fear. Because if I am afraid that there will not be enough and an advertiser figures out that I have been looking at boots, (laughs) then you better believe my algorithm on every platform is going to be full of boots. Uh, Just an endless, bottomless supply of boots. More boots than I could ever want or need. I will never run out of boots. So I'll buy those boots so I don't run out. And I get a spike, right? You get that spike of dopamine when you place the order and that spike when they arrive, that reward. And then the cycle starts all over again. Maybe it's a trip. Maybe I'm afraid of being trapped. And so I look at destinations on Instagram and Instagram figures out she wants to go someplace and starts to feed me travel deals or travel influencers. And all of a sudden I am sucked into the cycle of I won't run out if I buy this and a company benefits or an advertiser benefits or a social media platform benefits from my fear. Let's zoom out a little bit. Collectively, when we are afraid of our government, who benefits from that fear? Who benefits when we are so afraid of the people who run our government that we don't know if we can walk out of our houses? We don't know if we're going to be safe to leave the country. If you're in, if your family is a family of immigrants and the president has issued a ban on people like you, people where your family is from, and you, you're afraid to leave the country, who benefits from your fear? Some of these fears are very real and very consequential. Some of these fears are so deep and have been so, um, ignored, and someone benefits from that. So whether it's your individual life, or your family, or the community that you're in, locally, nationally, whatever it is, what are you afraid of? And who is benefiting from your fear? I have been afraid to Um, I'm an Enneagram seven. Many of you will know what that means. I am also a Sagittarius, which means I am hopelessly, um, addicted to wandering. I, I am terrified of being trapped. I am terrified of losing my personal freedom or what I have, uh, understood my personal freedom to look like and feel like. I am very afraid of being trapped. I'm learning now that to be still is not to be trapped (laughs) and that to show up consistently um, in my relationships 
is not a lack of freedom and that there is um, there is a reward. And the reward is that you get to go a mile deep with your people when you stand still with them. Um, standing still in the past has felt like quicksand a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I am afraid of pain. So I am constantly in motion so that I don't have to sit still long enough to feel my pain. And I'm learning in 2020, we all have the opportunity to learn a lot, don't we? Um, the forced stillness and the um, coming to face, coming face to face with so much grief. This year, I lost my relationship and the home that I lived in and my sense of where I was headed in my life. And so many have lost so much more. So many have lost the people that they love. So I realized that even in that loss, um, even, even in that loss, there are others who have also lost and who have lost far more. And also, I have been given an invitation. We have all been given an invitation this year to sit still in grief and to sit still in pain and to sit still for long enough to really work through it and not just experience that pain for a moment and then pass through it onto some distraction or some trip or some new project. We have not been able to move. We have not been able to run away. And I hope, I hope that when this year is done, that what I have what I have learned is that um, the pain does not last forever. <laughs> um, I hope that we learn that right now, although it may be very difficult, is just right now. And it will pass. And y'all, I have, I have taken advantage of the opportunity <laughs> to sit still in grief and pain and loss this year in a way that I never have before in my life because I have always allowed myself to to go somewhere, literally to book a trip and go somewhere, <laughs> to not have to sit still in pain and grief and loss. And this year has been different. And I hope that that, that has developed a muscle in myself, in all of us, I hope that we have developed a muscle for enduring grief and honoring pain and also learning how to move through it to the other side of it, not skip it and not go around it and not go over it, but to sit with it for as long as it lasts until it passes. I used to teach yoga and I said that all the time, that this moment will pass, that this hard thing, this posture, this breath, this whatever it is will pass. But man, 2020 has been a chance to practice that. So I'm going to ask you, what are you afraid of? What have you been afraid of? And who benefits from your fear? And then a step further, what is possible if even in the existence of your fear, maybe in partnership with your fear, you make a move. And maybe that move is simply to begin having this dialogue with yourself. Maybe that move is to leave something toxic. 
Maybe that move is to commit to something healthy. I can't, I can't possibly know what that is for you, but I would invite you to consider the question, what is it that you are afraid of or that you have been afraid of? Who is benefiting from your fear? And how could you change your life if you made a move, even with the existence of your fear? Because sometimes fear keeps us alive. That's true. But sometimes our fear keeps us from living. And all of this conversation about fear started because I was talking about, I was thinking about the moves that I have made this year after sitting in grief and stillness, after sitting in pain and processing through it, and then examining, okay, I I did that. (laughs) I sat still in that. And and now I can, I can look at this fear and examine it and see who is benefiting from it and what would be possible. What could I do? What could I create? How could I live? What, what, could I, what could I walk into if I did it anyways? And so that's what I invite you to consider in your own life as we move into this next collective chapter, this next national chapter, and we move, dear God, towards the end of this year into a new year. What have you been afraid of? What have you what have you experienced? What pain have you endured this year? What have you been afraid of? Who is benefiting from your fear? And what is possible if you move forward even in the presence of your fear? That's where I'm at. <laughs> that's what I that's, you know, just light fair. That's what I'm um that's what I'm I'm thinking about a lot. And and um and I'm learning and I am so eager to hear from y'all. What are you learning? And what what has this year showed you? Shown? Shown? Showed? Showed? I'm going to leave that in. I don't know. What has this year shown you about yourself? About what you are capable of? What have you learned that you are capable of enduring that maybe you hadn't given your chance, given yourself a chance to endure before? How have you shown up for yourself in ways that you maybe were busy enough that you didn't have to or distracted enough that you didn't know you needed to? I don't know. Just some reflections, y'all. Just some thoughts. Uh, and that's going to be it for today. I love you. My voice is going, so I'm going to just have some tea and be quiet for a little bit. Thanks for bearing with me on this extra day. Um, as always, if you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the show and share it with somebody. And if you hated it, that's fine. You don't have to listen anymore. <laughs> um, I'll be back next week. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure if this is going to be a Monday kind of show or a Tuesday kind of show. I thought it was going to be a Monday kind of show because then I had the weekend to like get my bearings and make sure that I had everything recorded that I need. But but then it's like, well, Monday is actually a nice day to, to finalize all that. So it's either going to be a Monday show or a Tuesday show, y'all. But um, I will I will see you next week. And I hope you have a great one and take care of yourself. And um, yeah, be good or be bad, but be bold. Bye.